so many notes on my phone that I don't have context for, but I just write something down, and I was just going through them, and I thought it said William H. Macy, but then I look closer, and it says Grilliam H. Macy, <laughs> or Grillian Anderson, which is what I want to name our barbecue. <laughs> William H. Macy. You are like a totally different person when I go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you assume that I wrote that down late at night? It felt like a late at night thought. (laughs) But I like both of those. But listen to the other thought that is right after. Right after (laughs) Grilliam H. Macy. It says... uh, the time it takes you to look from one star to another, even if you don't believe in anything divine, that could be the best sign that humanity means something, that we are greater than just organisms. The universe needs someone to conceive it for it to be special, right? If, if What are the cosmos if they are not perceived by someone? Right. We must perceive them. But uh, my idea right after <laughs> Grilliam H. Macy was that uh, the universe unperceived is meaningless Hmm. or does it even exist because then like what is what is a reality without perception whoa perception is a reality whoa man so if even if you're not a religious person you could say that is the closest we are to divine is that we are the vessels in which the universe is perceived so Mm -hmm. that's amazing that is amazing yeah whoa man Grilliam H. Macy. Grilliam H. Macy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, should we start a a podcast now? Oh, I guess. Why don't you kick it off? You love the Christmas Eve starts. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. All right, let's bring it back. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to an ultra festive holiday version of your favorite podcast, I love this. You should too. My favorite podcast? Your favorite podcast. I don't know. It's like maybe in my top five. Stop. And you, stop. You We're don't even be... listen to it. I do. You don't. You're supposed to be because selling you never... it. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be selling it. I mean, the best podcast ever. <laughs> and we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. So with me is my wonderfully festive and jolly co-host, Andy Randawa. Hi, Andy. Hi, Samantha. <laughs> and I am Samantha Jingle Bellies. That's me. <laughs> and on today's festive episode, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite Christmas songs. Ooh. And then Samantha will let us know what we're watching for next week. But before we get into that, let's thank our first sponsor of the day. And that is Rumi and Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector Service. Do you have cold drafts or flickering lights or you just are wondering where that leak is coming from? Mm -hmm. If you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with certified professional home inspectors by phone or video call and get your questions answered. And Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with some DIY or what you might need to call a professional for. And for more information, you can visit rumi.ca, and that is R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today, like we did. Well, Samantha, we are going to get all festive, and we were going to 
talk about three songs a piece. How did you go about picking your three songs? Um, well, I listened to about 27 hours of Christmas music. In one day. And ranked them. That's very impressive. Yeah. And then I... No, I didn't. I actually just went through my Spotify playlist and said, oh, this doesn't annoy me. <laughs> and then found the top three ones that I liked. Speaking of not annoying me, last year when I gave you control over uh, the Christmas music, I said, here... Just not the same Wham and Mariah Carey that I always hear. And the first two songs you played were... Wham and Mariah Carey. Yes. So we'll see if we get some of that today. But let's kick it off. Why don't you give us your first song of the day? Uh, so my first one, and this is where I actually did do some research, because I think I've now listened to every version that is on Spotify of this song, because I feel like I have this childhood memory of hearing this song and loving it and still loving it now and I don't remember I don't know what version I love but I think the one that I like is Silver Bells by Anne Murray City sidewalks busy sidewalks dressed in holiday style in the air there's a feeling of Christmas Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile, and on every street corner you hear silver bells. So Silver Bells is such a classic Christmas song and it's like fun to sing along to it and is. it's not like over the top and super crazy like some of my other picks. So um, I also enjoyed the versions by Michael Buble, the version by Sarah McLaughlin and the one by Megan Smith. And everyone in that pack of four Silver Bells singing people are Canadian. Oh, so. I'm not aware of Megan Smith. Um, Megan Smith is... Megan Smith. She's from the West Coast, but she has a super, like, great Christmas album. Oh, I think my favorite Silver Bells is uh, Bright Eyes and Friends. Mm. Is Anne Murray, what's her name? She's Canada Songbird? Is she? I think that's what they call her. Oh. That's what I call her anyway. Fancy. Canada Songbird, Anne Murray. Anne Murray. So, Indy, what's your first Christmas pick? So I think the first one I'm going to go with is Little Drummer Boy, Peace on Earth, the Bing Crosby and David Bowie duet. What a random pairing. Peace on Earth, can it be? Years from now, perhaps we'll see. See the day of glory. So this was made for Bing Crosby's 1977 Christmas special. And he had been doing Christmas specials for a while because he's like Mr. Christmas Song. Right. And I love the story about when they actually met. 
So Bing Crosby is he's Bing Crosby. He's yeah. he's old school. He's uh, he's a crooner. He's a crooner. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, David Bowie. Well, when he showed up, uh, Bowie shows up. I think like three hours late. First of all, <laughs> and I'm not sure if this was in his peppers and milk phase, but I think it may have been right around there. What's the peppers and milk phase? So there were a couple of years where David Bowie only ate like bell peppers and drank milk and cocaine, and that was like that's all he did. Whoa. And I'm not like, oh, he loved peppers and milk. Like, no, he only ate peppers and milk. That's that was, that weird. Was and coke. <laughs> he did a lot of cocaine. But either way, uh, he comes in super late, and he comes in with his wife at the time, and they're both dressed uh, exactly identically. So they're both wearing full-length mink coats, and they have uh, full makeup and bright red hair and lipstick and everything. And Bing Crosby takes a look at this, and he's like, what the fuck? And just kind of like leaves the room. So they made him take off his lipstick and earring before Bing would even, like, speak with him. <laughs> but then he, they get together and uh, Bowie goes like, little drummer boy, that's it? That's, that's no good. I don't want to just do little drummer boy. And I agree, little drummer <laughs> boy is not a great not song. It's not a great song. So then he just says, like, well, let's uh, let's 90, do something else. 90% of it is just nonsense. There's a lot of purple pum It's just nonsense words. <laughs> So then uh, he goes to the piano, and in 75 minutes, he comes out with uh, what we hear. Right. Which is the addition of that whole piece on earth and yeah. doing it as a, um, what do you call it when there's two different songs kind of going together? Oh, uh, like uh, a round? Well, I think a round has to be the same song starting oh, at different points. Oh, okay, yeah, But yeah. either, maybe. It's it's one of those. You a musicians know. <laughs> yeah, it's a mashup. <laughs> it's definitely a mashup. So uh, he comes up with that, and uh, Bing Crosby, like, changes his mind. He's like, this guy is a musical genius, and I love the challenge of this, because I think Bing's probably pretty comfortable and doesn't get challenged too often. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I get to sing with Bing Crosby. Yeah. And I think that's, like, an honor, so mm-hmm. you're not, like, doing crazy stuff like David Bowie is. In the end, Bing said he really enjoyed it, he loved what the final product was, and he had a good time doing the actual recording. And he said that Bowie is, yeah, a weirdo, but also a musical genius, which I would agree with because Bowie's I would agree my too. boy. And uh, sadly, he never got to see the Christmas special because Bing Crosby died just a few weeks after recording before the Christmas special aired. Oh, that's sad. So this is one of the last things he did. Wow. And you just got to watch the actual like <laughs> lead up to it for the first time from the special. Uh, how was that for you? It was weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such awkward. such a weird little like skit that they do and in the show notes there is a link to that so you can watch it everyone should watch it because it's funny all right samantha what else do you have for us um well i'm gonna go bing crosby too all right back to back bings bing actually i know what yours is going to be because i know you love the song which i never really appreciated but maybe now i do because i've heard it with you so often uh so it's the melakuli kimaka uh hawaiian christmas song Malakalikimaka is a thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night I love that one because it just, like, makes me happy to hear 
and it reminds me of warm places and beaches. Which is what you want at Christmas time, especially when like we get real bogged down in winter. Exactly, here. it's it, when it's been snowing for like four days straight, and all you've done is shovel and try and warm up after shoveling, and then go out to shovel again. It's like. Oh, somewhere I could go and, like, be warm. <laughs> and, of course, that's the Andrew sisters. Yes. There, who are maybe, after Bing Crosby, second in, like, big-time Christmas hits. See, I don't know. They're definitely up there. I don't know them by, like, who they are for Christmas. I don't know their stuff. Oh, well, over the next month, I'll play some for you. Perfect. So, Indy, what's your second song of the season? Let's go a little more modern, and we're going to go to a band that I really got into when I was in university, and they are called The Ravenettes, and this song is just called The Christmas Song, but it's not that The Christmas Song. Oh, it's it's a different Christmas song. Okay, so I noticed on your list, and I was like, interesting choices, but I thought it was like a regular Christmas song, so I was thinking it was like a cool modern version of it no it is uh its own thing and the ravenettes they are a danish duo so there's the two of them and it's one of the bands that i've seen the most times and i've seen them live yeah oh and in multiple countries as well we kind of overlap a lot cool and they were never terribly popular so i've been able to see them at shows with like 20 people which is amazing that's always such an amazing experience to get to see a band just in such an intimate setting I remember I uh, went to a show when I was probably like 19 with them and their names are, um, there's uh, Suna Rose Wagner and Sharon Fu and Sharon Fu is six feet tall, very blonde and she was wearing all leather when I met her and I was like a 19 year old and she was just sitting at the bar and I was like, she's right there and they weren't big enough that people like knew. knew them or, like, so I just went and them. sat next to her and I just ordered a drink and took it and left because <laughs> I was too shy <laughs> to actually say anything. Aw, you should have talked to her. <laughs> that probably would have made her day. Uh, I like them a lot. They started out like real fuzzy like if you're into Jesus and Mary chain that kind of stuff. It's like a mix of Jesus and Mary Chain and the Everly Brothers because they harmonize like the Everly Brothers a lot. And they're the Ravenettes, not like a raven, but Rave On. Like, uh, what's the song? It's a Buddy Holly song. Right. Rave On. So uh, that's where they took the name from. They have a lot of 50s aesthetics, but then they also have a lot of uh, electronic stuff coming in. And like I said, really fuzzy stuff and... uh, kind of hard-edged guitars with driving beats and things like that and every time i've seen them and it has been very cold outside so i already have that association (laughs) with them and christmas too to a lot of their stuff because it still has those uh, the two-person harmonization but it's not nearly as fuzzy as a lot of their stuff mm. from that time yeah and you get those jingle bells in there yeah, which i a, like it's a fun mix and i love the the finger picking in this mm-hmm. for some reason that sound i associate with christmas which i guess is probably just from this song yeah and they do have a whole christmas album that's all 
I think it's all original songs, at least most of them are, it's just an EP, and that one is pretty good too, so if you want some, maybe a little different Christmas music, you can check out that one by the Ravenettes. I enjoy original Christmas songs, because mm-hmm. I think they can either be really bad, yeah. or they can be like some of the best music ever, because it's like on theme, it's like makes you feel good, or makes you sad, and I think it's just like... It's really hit or miss, but when it's good, it's, like, really good. Yeah. So that album, if you want it, is from 2008 and is called Wishing You a Rave Christmas. Oh, okay. Well, Samantha, what's your third Christmas song? So my third Christmas song is very uh, popular and mainstream, but is, like, the kickoff to the holiday season for me. And that's All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. So I don't think I've ever actually seen the video for that. I'm kind of embarrassed, but usually you hear it in like shopping malls and stuff. Yeah, we just watch the video and Mariah Carey is always sitting or laying down in a lot and, of Or just doing like one of three arm movements. Yeah. Uh, and the dancers behind her are doing like elaborate framing things. Which and is... there's multiple Santas. There's two Santas behind her always. Yeah. Which is a mixed message, I guess. But then also she's dressed like Santa, but a Santa angel. Yeah. She's Santa or is she an angel? And or then is Santa also an angel? a sexy nutcracker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You gotta have Quite that. a confusing video. Uh, the song is still very catchy and always signals the opening of the season. I guess I have that association as well, but I, I think I just don't like the song. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, it is like a whole like meme of itself now i think of big christmas songs it is very far from the most annoying yes i think it is just so played I that think that it's overplayed its and i agree level. i'll probably listen to it like maybe 94 times three times this year today <laughs> but i i uh definitely think that it's one that you kind of have to get in the rotation at least once what about you indy what's your final number one song well, I'm going to go classic, uh-huh. and I'm going to go with the original, the Christmas song, as sung by Nat King Cole. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir Folks dressed up like Eskimos. That's one of those songs that the first second of it, you're like, oh yeah, this song. Yeah, exactly. I love the the opening to it. I know as soon as those first like two piano notes happen, oh, I was like, come in, yeah. I know exactly what song this is, and it is Christmassy, and I love it. So it was actually written by Mel Torme, the Velvet Fog, in 
1945, and it was written during a heat wave. And they joked uh, him and Bob Wells, who was his writing partner, they're like, "Oh, let's write something wintry, and that'll make us uh, cooler." And uh, the chestnuts roasting on an open fire bit came from Wells, who grew up in Boston, and that's something they would do. Also, when I lived in Korea, that's something they do in the winter as well. You can oh, get really? roast chestnuts on the corners huh. at Christmas time. I feel like in the winter. roast chestnuts are something that sound really good but aren't. They're all right. They're all right? Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely got them. They also do, though, in Korea, just potatoes. So I, I prefer the potato. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Just walk by, I get a potato. But they wrote it in apparently like 45 minutes. And then they sent it over to Nat King Cole, but it took him a full year to get in the studio to actually record it. So it came out in uh, 1946, in late 46, and they did eventually have to change the line because in the first version they recorded, he said to see if reindeers really know how to fly. Mm -hmm. And of course, the plural of reindeer is reindeer. So they went back and corrected that uh, quite a few years later. I like that. And this was the first holiday standard that was ever introduced by a black musician in America. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah. I like it even more now. Because <laughs> in 46, that's... Yeah, it's yeah. a big deal in the 40s, for mm-hmm. sure. It's not a great time to be a black person in the U.S. As opposed to now, where everything's Oh, great. yeah, no, it's just peachy keen <laughs> all the time. Well, now that we have told you the six songs you should be listening to this Christmas, uh, let's talk about our other sponsor, which is Alberta Treasury Branch. At Alberta Treasury Branch, they make banking work for you. With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning and expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. They have a history of doing what's right for your clients, especially when times are tough because ATB was built to help Albertans. And for more information on their services, you can visit atb.com. All right, Samantha. So you love Christmas movies. Um, You had said last year that we were just going to continue the Christmas Prince line, (laughs) but what is going to be our watch for next week? I think that was more of a threat. It was. was. I was threatened by it. Truth. So I thought I would keep us in the Netflix holiday movie universe, Um, although this one is not a princess movie. You watch movies that aren't princess movies? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but Indy, do you like catfishing? Like, for fun? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, like catfish the the idea of being someone else on the internet. No, no, I don't. But like, it's fun to watch. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to. How would you like me to answer this? Let me let me do another take. Yeah, it's the best. Tell me more. <laughs> um, and you like online dating? No. Yeah, no. None of these things sound good. But we are going to be watching this year's Netflix original Christmas movie, Love Hard. All right. I know essentially nothing about this movie, but I do know two things. Yes. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang is in it, who I think is a funny guy. I first saw him on Silicon Valley, and then I've watched his stand-up specials, and he's been in a few other movies. Yeah. And I know people who worked on this movie. Which is part of the reason why I thought maybe we should do it. So um, it was shot in Vancouver. Uh, It stars Nina Dobrev, Jimmy O. Yang, Darren Barnett, and Harry Shum Jr., which is a um, 
kind of a fun cast. I've never heard of those other people before. Oh, uh, Harry Shum Jr. was on Glee. He became like super famous from Glee. Um, and Nina Dobrev is the... Both of those names that you said, I don't know where <laughs> where the first name ends and the last name begins. Because you're saying them together and those names can both be like... Oh. It was like Harry Shum Jr. <laughs> Harrison Jr. is no. his name. Harry, and his last name is Shum. And then there's Nina Dobrev. Nina Dobrev. Nina Do is her name. Nina, and her last name is Dobrev. Oh, I heard Nina Dobrev. <laughs> uh, fun non-movie-related fact: Nina Dobrev is dating Sean White, the snowboarder. Oh, yeah. I don't know about a fun fact. That would have been a fun fact if this was 2002, maybe. <laughs> Wait, how old is Nina, though? <laughs> Nina. Because isn't Sean White, like, old? Uh, yeah, Nina's 32. Who? I don't know. It doesn't matter because we're not talking about <laughs> Sean White. Was he the flying tomato? Is yes, that him? he's, like, the super redheaded trick guy who does all the crazy twists. That's what he's known for, crazy twists? Yeah. I think you're thinking of M. Night Shyamalan. No, no, I mean twists in the snow with a snowboard. Oh, okay. He does like crazy flips. They call him the Shyamalan of the slopes. Yes, that is very <laughs> true and is going to catch on, I'm sure. Uh, so this movie, like I said, was filmed in Vancouver. It just came out on November 5th and uh, it is about a young woman who travels to her online crushes hometown for christmas but she discovers that she's been catfished oh can i get no i shouldn't guess anything no i refuse to let you guess because i think i know where this is going yeah okay um so wait but does that mean because i'm i'm catching the first twist and i'm casting of who would be where but then they can't end it there so she's gonna have to come back to him does that mean like an asian guy is actually a successful love interest in a hollywood movie well that would be man that'd be pretty awesome (laughs) um have we gotten that far i hope so i hope so i mean i've seen it i just don't want to give anything away uh so the this kind of a movie we've all seen before in that, you know, she goes to meet a man and then ends up falling in love and, you know, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to give it away. But uh, so she is a dating columnist in Los Angeles and she has like a, a article, a column. Is it still a column if it's online? I think it, she probably <laughs> does listicles. Listicles, yeah. Which are, it's just like a picture of a Pop-Tart and be like, reminds me of this guy I saw the other day. And that's it. And it doesn't have like more words than that. Um, it sounds like she's actually writing articles because she's writing about her disaster dates that she goes on. Uh, I thought it would just be a picture of something and then just the word this underneath. No. I think that's what modern <laughs> writing is. Is it? Yeah. You just say this. Um, so she starts to get bored of online dating and then writing about it. And how bad all of her dates are. And so she decides to, like, give up. And then her best friend opens up her, like, search area. And then she ends up meeting someone who's in Lake Placid, New York. So she travels across the country for Christmas. And um, hijinks ensue. And she thinks it's one guy. But then it's a different guy. But could she fall in love with that guy? That couldn't be. Could their connection be stronger than this 
uh, deception and her disappointment in what he looked like? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of know, though. I kind of know, too. Um, she wears a lot of really ridiculous outfits uh, in a place that actually has winter. I assume Lake Placid has kind of Canadian-ish winter. Not quite like what we get, but yeah, definitely. They have snow and stuff. They had the Winter Olympics That's what I thought. Uh, There's a lot of bare legs in this movie. And we all know that in December there are no bare legs. I disagree because today I commented in my head to so many people like, you're wearing a miniskirt, huh? It's it's well below zero. It's very cold and snowy and slippery. But they, you know, you've been out. You were... 19 and going out in 30 below and you saw how everyone would ditch their stuff in the car yeah. and then run to the club in their tiny I was outfit. always willing to pay for co-check because I just like refused to be cold yeah I, I couldn't I was never yeah I remember like Halloween's even which is like pretty early in the season for us for cold weather but still it's all below zero it's you should wear true. a coat uh but I do remember seeing girls in like teeny tiny little outfits and I'm like aren't you freezing and the answer is yes. Don't you want to have fun tonight and not be frozen? Here's a, do you, can I bring it down for a minute? Yeah. And really bum everyone out? Yeah, please. In Edmonton every year, more than one drunk 18-year-old girl freezes to death in the snow. What? Yeah. Seriously? But they don't like report on it too much. It's just someone falls or just like lays down because they're drunk and then they, uh, they, yeah, they die. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Wear your goddamn coats, kids. Yeah, wear coats, wear pants. They make skin-colored tights. You could just wear those. (laughs) (laughs) I was never a teacher who yelled, but the one thing I would get on my kids about is if they went out for recess without their jackets, because they're like, well, I'm I'm pretty cool. I'm not. I'm too tough to be cool. Yeah. You're "You're not. No. That doesn't make you tough. It makes you dumb. Yeah. It's not how cool you are based on how quickly you'll freeze to death. Freezing to death will happen to you whether you're cool or not. There you go. That should be the lesson that everyone takes away from this. <laughs> like this old people rant about dressing appropriately <laughs> for the weather. But the second thing people should take away from this episode is to go watch Love Hard, which yes. is available on Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah. I thought I'd do one that's like very openly available like yours because Christmas is not the time to pirate movies. Wait, why not? I don't yeah, know. it is. <laughs> that's the giving spirit. Is it? Santa gives things for free. True. I didn't pirate the movie. I made free with it. <laughs> That's my favorite way that you put that. Yeah. Making free with it. I mean, I don't pirate any movies. No, we, we wouldn't do that. But I feel like, I was going to say, but I'm allowed. But I actually still buy physical media. You do. If a movie is good, I go out and I spend the money on True. it. True. You have to test it out. You have to test run it first. Yeah. You got to go for a test drive. And usually, uh, they it's... do not handle well. <laughs> Um, well, this is one of those ones where I don't want you to watch a trailer because I feel like trailers are dumb and they give everything away. Right. So uh, we're not going to watch a trailer, but uh, we... we'll put one in the show notes yeah. and you can use your discretion if you want to watch it or not. And you know, on Netflix, they just autoplay. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, so we will see you next week when we talk about this year's Netflix Christmas movie, Love Hard. And I'm going right now to play hockey. I'm actually kind of running late. Because we're recording late tonight and I play late night hockey. Um, I'm going to go see someone who worked on this. So maybe I'll ask him if he has any insights or uh, gossip about it. 
Oh, yeah. We always said we I won't have a guest on the show unless they worked on the movie. But I still don't think we're going to do a guest. We've gotten to a movie where I do, in fact, know you someone who You should just do like it. a voice memo of him. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, well, we'll see you next week, everyone. Have a holly jolly week. Bye. You can do a ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Bye, everyone. What is she dressed as now? A nutcracker? A sexy nutcracker? Sexy nutcracker. <laughs>